say something? Hello. Yeah, I can hear now. You can hear me, right? Yes, sir. Tremendous. Banana, banana. Banana, <laughs> banana. <laughs> Just, well, let's, let's bring that energy into this recording. Fine. Let's go. Wow, beautiful. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new series on the Propane Business Podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> so this series is called How to Grow Your Online Fitness Business. We've done How to Start Your Online Fitness Business, and now we're going to talk about, you know, so you, if you've listened to those, you should have an online fitness business in place, basically, or you should have something. And we're going to talk about kind of the, the things that you can do within a business to, to move the needle um, sort of on, well, yeah, on basically your income, your growth, or maybe how much time you spend per client, you know, all of these kind of things. We're going to talk about the key concepts that you need to master um, to kind of, well, yeah, to see growth in your business over the coming year. To make it bigger, basically. Bigger business. <laughs> bigger and better. Bigger bigger and better, exactly. Um, and the kind of the, the first things that we wanted to cover today are some of the, well, I, I guess sort of the, the propane stance um, on using social media and word of mouth to help grow your fitness business. Okay. It's like word of mouth go. Word of mouth go. What <laughs> so, so I think just in terms of, I, I guess these two are probably the most talked about or maybe what, what to, what feels like to an online coach, the, the first logical port of call. Does that make sense of like, Oh, I'm deciding to do online. What's everyone else doing online? Let me copy that. You know what I mean? Can we pause the recording and reply to this guy? Yeah. It's just, it's just staring at me. Fair enough. That's just Benny. Benny will edit this out. We're back in. So, uh, yeah. Well, I guess word of mouth is the most common source of business development for an offline trainer. I would say. Um, certainly whenever I one of the questions I ask or we ask on calls when people are applying to work with us is like if you've got customers now where are they coming from like do you have an existing sales process and normally what people say I would say uh, in fact I think on every call they say a variation of um, people clients refer them, uh, their friends to me or like people talk about me in the local area because I'm kind of well known where I you know where I work and that sort of thing and it, it, to be honest, it's it's like the best source of business. You can't really 
the referral word of mouth because it someone saying to someone else like you probably had this yourself i imagine where you bought something because someone's said oh, i bought this thing and it's great it happens to me all the time a hundred percent or even yeah. you know that's basically how most people watch tv as well like <laughs> yeah yeah. Oh, have you seen the new, you know, just that again and again and again is basically informing how most people live a lot of their lives and the way they consume stuff. So, you know, I, I think it, it's incredibly reliable. Um, I mean, the social proof is really the thing that is going to, you know, if your mate says, oh, have you tried this new diet? Mm-hmm. Chances are, even if you're suspicious, you'd be like, well, I'll give it a go if it worked for Janine. You know, it might work it for, me. for me. Yeah. Speaking of which, I just can't wait until Netflix decide to add like a a feature where I can see a playlist on your profile. Oh. Why does that not exist? I don't know. Mate, you should email them. You know when you, you, know, when you start th- th- thumbing <laughs> through you know, thinking, what am I going to watch? You could, get, you could sneak into Spotify, pretend to be Swedish, and just be one of them. <laughs> like you get from the door, they just let you in, wouldn't they? Oh, it's Jürgen. <laughs> Spotify are already doing it that's the thing like if I look on someone's profile it's plugged into Facebook I can see what they're listening to I can listen to their workout playlist but when I run out of stuff on Netflix and I think what's like what what's Alex's favourite thing on Netflix do you watch Netflix I assume you do not the fucking Queen's Gambit I'll tell you that it's not you don't like the Queen's Gambit shit that's a hot take but I did not enjoy it I so why why do it did so it's like the Fast and the Furious, but instead of cars, it's chess. And chess is more, chess is less exciting to me than Vin Diesel and cars and explosions. When you say that, do you mean like they took a concept and dragged it out too long? No, no. They like basically, it's just like, oh, oh, let's get slightly more difficult with the enemies each time. Oh, this car's faster. <laughs> Instead of this car's faster, it's, oh, this chess is chessier. This is more chessy than the last chess. So it was basically that. And I've just thought like there was, I don't know, there were elements of it. And also I'm like a very grumpy bastard. When <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think I'm fun to watch TV with. I'll admit that now. But like there were just, there were many elements of it that were just like, well, one, the kid from fucking Love Actually being like the chess master was a weird casting decision. That's what he was in. The whole time I'm watching it going like, that guy looks like an older version of someone that's really familiar and I can't. I felt like Stuart Little, but he's not in Stuart Little. No. And Nanny McCree, McCree, I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, He's... he's, Whose kid is he in love, actually? Doesn't matter. But but yes. So, I don't know. I I thought it was a little bit formulaic, very predictable, and just... I don't know. They didn't really get into, like, the details of the chess. We were just meant to assume that it was chess magic that she was doing. And that's where I think I got a bit annoyed. Is it was just like, oh, chess magic. It's an interesting way of looking at it. Like, I... Yeah. Like, there was no, like, oh, wow, I really understand the strategic decisions she's made here. It was just like, whoa, she's a genius child with a tortured past. (laughs) Who takes drugs that they don't really talk about. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, the badass of the chess world. Like... I don't know. For me, I'm sorry if that has soured your... Uh... No, no, no. no. Uh, uh, you know, I, like, who am I to have a view and not, not be willing to have it, you know, countered? 
I think it's. But, uh, but it's, I mean, it's the most watched limited series in Netflix history. So I'm probably wrong. really more than what was it? House of Cards. That was their first. That was their first ever series. I think that was the first well, ever. House, ever. House of Cards isn't a limited series, so I think that's why. Because House of Cards is serial. Ah, uh, even like, everything like, is it's a bit of a weird stat. Yeah. It's where you like say, you know, that's like saying I'm the best deadlifter to wear blue shoes. Like it's yeah, no, it's it's like I, not, but I would argue that House of Cards is limited. No, but it's a ser- from like a TV scheduling perspective, it's a serial because it's multiple seasons, whereas Queen's Gambit is. One. It's like a like a like a chopped up film. Yes. Got Seven it. hours of chess magic in the sixties. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So yeah. I have just we'll we'll get back to what I was saying what we're saying for <laughs> anyway, they should have that, shouldn't they? They should have that. Sure. You, could, you could have like two columns of like didn't like and liked and a yeah. top ten of your liked and that would if I was just didn't know what to watch. It would keep people on Netflix longer. Netflix wrapped. It would be the thing that... Because you know what people rarely do is post Netflix to Instagram. That's fair. Why do they not do that? Well, because Netflix don't have something that would allow people to like, chat about, like, oh, my God, have you seen Alex's top ten? Alex doesn't like Queen's Gambit. What a weirdo. What a prick. But, <laughs> but they would be able to do that if they had that feature. Yeah. The Night Manager. On, you maybe don't have it. But on BBC iPlayer, it's got Hugh Jackman in and the guy who plays Loki in Thor as the as the main character. And, it is, and Olivia Coleman's in it as well, and it's brilliant. Absolutely. Olivia Coleman is a really tough one for me because I, I can only see her in each show. It's really tough. <laughs> she's really good at Fleabag as well, but like I would just, I don't know. I just, she's also very, she's a really good actress generally. Yeah. In Peep Show, she's a very good actress. She does really well, but I can only. So I, I, I'm watching the we're watching the Crown and she's the Queen and I just think why is Sophie from Peep Show pretending to be the Queen? But it does ruin it. It does ruin it. Anyway, so we the mouth. Yeah. So I think online it does happen, and we have had it happen actually in quite. Um, like it, it often happens in batches so we had people buy programs from us and then like refer all their friends yeah and like they referred everyone in the gym with them so we had a time where we had an entire crossfit gym in the u.s referred to us and that was a crazy week um so it does happen but i think it can't it's harder i think for people to do it because the reason why one of the reasons why people refer friends locally is like it kind of makes sense right like if you're training with a trainer at a gym and your friend's looking for someone to go to then oh well i go to this gym just come with me or we'll do a session together we'll do a class together it kind of it's an easy sell online it's a bit harder it's a bit less obvious why someone would pick an online trainer online training has to work for the person they have to have kind of been through the same sales process so it does happen but in terms of a growth strategy i just wouldn't it's, a, it's like the icing on the cake. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. It's like, it's it's just not a dependable way to be like, well, this week people are going to refer me three times. Like, it's, uh, that just doesn't happen that way. As you said, it's very much like in batch. I mean, the only way you can like control for it, and I mean, long term, looking for a lot of referrals, that's a positive signal that you're serving people well. You know what I mean? Like, if people are referring your business and being like, oh, my mate told us about you. Oh, you know, then you are in a really good spot, but trying to use that as the control of like how to keep the doors open on your business 
um, is just not you can't depend on it because it, it doesn't create like a reliable you know cadence of traffic through your door um, yeah yeah. But yeah, you should you should be getting referrals over your lifetime because that's just signal that you're providing a good service. And you know, eventually, eventually you may be able to live off referrals. But you know, if you're listening to this, you're probably not at that point. To be honest. <laughs> well, we're, we're not we're not at that point, and we've exactly. been doing it a while. So, I think try and look at referrals as how do I make every sale worth like on average one point two five sales. Right, so for every four sales I get, I get a referral somehow. Right, and if so, having systems in place to basically, the more volume that comes in, the more volume that creates. So maybe there's a structure in place where, you know, you get people to share things on their personal social media when they achieve them. Like maybe they hit a milestone with you, they can share it on their Instagram. You give them a, a little tile to post, or you give them a story to post talking about their results perhaps and that generates questions which generates referrals you can give people uh, your clients like specific links to refer friends you can give them we used to we, we don't do this anymore but we used to give people um like literally 50 pounds per client so and that there was no limit to that so you could refer people get 50 pounds off your coaching fee and we did have clients who were like we were literally paying and coaching um you know and that that you can do it like that personally i think it's easier if you, if you have a really reliable um, if you have a really reliable sales process that you know works, it's easier for your clients and less kind of awkward for them to just say like, look, just go and do this person's fourteen day challenge. It's really good, right? And you know that if, if they refer five people, you'll probably close one of them. You'll probably close two of them because the traffic source is so, such high quality. Um, but it means that your customers don't have to suddenly become salespeople for you. Because really, like relying on word of mouth, kind of what that's saying is you're struggling to sell the program, but it's all right. Your clients will be good at selling it for you. Like if you if you're failing to sell it, how can you possibly expect somebody else to do it for you? It's just not really, it's not really going to work. Yeah. So it's a it's a great it's a great add on, and it's it tends to happen more as your business gets busier, as you get more leads, as you get more sales. But I would never rely on it at all. Yeah, like that's that's very reasonable. Yeah, so I mean, and now for a thorny, thorny subject, social media and how to use social media to grow your business. Um, and, you know, this is obviously like very multifaceted, so I think we'll run through different platforms. But you know, generally, off the bat, when I say, Johnny, I want you to grow the business using social media, what what do you think? <laughs> well, okay, before we get before we get into that topic, I want to discuss like a. Um, how I think you should think about or how, how you should approach scaling something. Cause it's very, you can very quickly get swept down any one of the social media rabbit holes or like any topic really you think like, Oh, that's the thing. And then you start becoming an expert at Twitter because Yusuf mentioned Twitter once. And now all you're thinking about is Twitter, but actually there's a, there's a separate problem somewhere else, which is really what's causing you to stop growing. So I think, um, if you think of think of your business as a big, well, I mean, Funnel's the easiest way to think about it. That's the the, the analogy that everyone else, is, else uses. But if you think of it as like a stepped a stepped pipeline where you've got kind of people coming in one end and then that pipeline gets smaller and smaller as it goes down. And at the other side, you've got customers, right? So somewhere in that pipeline is the reason why you're not, your business is not bigger. 
basically, right? It really is as simple as that. So maybe you have the most optimized sales process and you have a coaching program and a coaching system that can handle hundreds and hundreds of people. And the only thing you're missing is more people finding out about you and going through the process, right? Maybe you can run ads and you're getting loads of clicks and you're getting loads of leads, but not many people are buying. Maybe loads of people are buying and all the ads and all that stuff's running, but you're just, your service is getting worse and worse over time. So it's kind of always identifying where, where am I bottlenecked in the business? What's, what's restricting me? And then try and have the discipline to just do change one thing at a time. So I was doing a coaching call this morning with some clients who've just come through Propin business and they've, they've gone into a, a, a new program that we're actually creating, which is the first time we're mentioning this publicly. Oh, big reveal. Um, but basically people who graduate through Propin business and they've got stuff running and they have now a business and quite a lot of them are doing it full time. And the question is, how do I get this to be bigger? What I spent most of the call telling people not to do is like, don't change the audience you're targeting and the image in the ad and the sales funnel. And the, you know, if you change three, four things, and it stops working or it starts working, you're basically, you're just creating more work for yourself in the future because when that stops working, you're going to have to kind of run this random test again. Whereas the result you want to try and get to is, okay, my business is at this point. When I did this, it didn't work. So two months later, when you get stuck again, you're like, oh, well, I, I could do, oh no, that didn't work. <laughs> I remember I gave that a fair test and it didn't work. And so let's say to answer your question, social media is that a good idea well where does that fit into that framework well it's, it's probably not going to help me sell like if i've got 100 leads i can't use linkedin to sell them right and it's not going to really help me coach people although it might assist some of the stuff the main use of social media is getting attention getting leads getting people through the door so you're trying to fix that problem let's say we're going to try linkedin and we're going to give LinkedIn a proper try. And this is a mistake we made last year where I decided to try LinkedIn, gave it a bit of a go, gave up too soon, and now I'm having to test it again <laughs> because I didn't test it properly, right? I changed too many things at once and I didn't really get a, get to a conclusion. Is LinkedIn a good idea or not? Yeah. So yes, they can all work. You can use them organically. You can use them with ads. But just have a clear understanding of what it is you're trying to do. If you don't have a sales process or you don't have a program or you don't have a coaching system, trying to build your Instagram following is not going to fix everything. Yeah. It's, it may even just create more problems than, than, it, than it solves. Very long-winded answer. No, that, 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 makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I, think, I, mean, I think those principles apply to also like splitting your time a bunch, across a bunch of different platforms and thinking one platform is going to be like some wild solution. Um, I think that's, that's something we've fallen prey to as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Oh, you know, everyone's on, on Insta now. And you know, that's, that's kind of seems to be where the coaching goes. And I mean, at the end of the day, the, the answer to that question is whichever. So if it's just for the goal of getting attention, that then becomes this weird thing of like, do they just like me because I have abs or do they want me to coach them as well? Like where, where, why, why is that traffic actually coming to your, your Instagram page? And I, I think that's, that's where it, it gets a bit strange with all the social media stuff, because with each different platform, you have to play a certain game and that game 
generally means that you can't be super specific with who you're targeting. You more just have to like create content that appeals to lots of people. Yeah. And the problem about lots of people is lots of people don't want your specific online fitness offering. Some of those probably do, but it becomes this case of, you know, so for example, with propane fitness, we've coached 4,000 fitness clients and about 250 business clients at this point, I think. And we have 5,900 followers on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if for example, Joe Wicks had that ratio or like, you know, any of the, what's her name? I forgot her name. Anyway, Jen Selter, she had like a ratio of a million clients to 2 million followers. She would be like a billionaire. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. She'd be exhausted. (laughs) Um, But like, that's that's all to say that basically it's the ratio of your Instagram followers to how many people actually become your clients is generally quite disconnected because yeah. it, it's you know and that, that's what we found across all platforms of like because people just turn up because they kind of like your vibe or they you know they they like or, or maybe it's just people that you know they're they're coaches themselves so they don't really want your training or you know it's people that get inspiration from you but they do their own kind of thing and there's there's so many different people that end up on your social media platform that it's not a reliable signal that that is suddenly a business opportunity um it can be and like if you have twenty thousand followers that's a good thing i'm not saying that at all yeah there's definitely people in there because at the end of the day, I mean, most people only need like 30, 40, 50 clients to make a decent living. So yeah, yeah. you don't need 20,000. Um, but it's it, you still have to f- figure out a way to get those 20,000 people into your business and paying you money. And that, that can be very difficult. That's, I think that's the... So you're, you're absolutely right that um, there's, there's usually a disconnect between on pretty much every platform actually between following and, and buyers and even even following and the success of the platform so like we something that we do is we track where people come from a lot so it's something I spend a lot of my time doing to, to basically try and help us make these decisions right because it's quite hard to look at all the stuff you can do and say right well YouTube is that good or not is LinkedIn good or not from the perspective of actually getting leads and making sales from that platform is twitter a good idea is a podcast a good idea you can have this you can very quickly get fixated on well my instagram's doing well because i did a reel and it went viral or like so i'm going to do tiktok now because i'll have loads of followers on tiktok but if it if you don't generate any clients from it then it's not like it's still great that you're making something's happening but it's not the core thing that matters right you're not going to be able to live off that in a year's time there's like the, the phrase of you can't take followers to the bank, right? And that's unless you're an influencer with a lot of them, um, yeah. it's, that's that's the case. Um, so well, I think that, I think there is like an important mindset thing with that too, of like just because the way that everyone is in society now looking for like approval through social media, like it's seen as a fairly strong signal of value and all of that jazz. Yeah. So if you start getting likes on stuff, if you start getting some engagement. It, it's more exciting than trying to make a funnel work from an ad's perspective. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's, you get more of a dopamine hit from the approval of the like, or at least I do. Maybe that says more about me than it does about the listeners. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's an emotional hit that you get, which you don't quite get building more sustainable methods of acquiring clients. 
um, just because it, it's it's less like instant reward, less you know, it's like oh, you work on this for a few months, you tweak it, it works a little bit, maybe it doesn't work a little bit. Oh, let's do this. Oh, this is frustrating. <laughs> at the end of that, you actually have something that you know can work for the next few years, as opposed to one TikTok went viral and now you get some residual likes from some people who think you look good in Gymshark leggings. And it's like, great, but, you know, I would like I would like to survive and, you know, thrive as a business owner. Exactly. And that, I think it has to come down to the fundamentals of if you're doing it because you want to go viral on TikTok, then, and you go viral on TikTok, then great, like you've achieved the goal. Um, but if it's that, um, so like we were with a client recently who had, uh, she was setting up some retargeting ads to one of her sales funnels. And one of the retargeting audiences we used were people who'd engaged with her on Instagram, which you would think like, so for people who don't know what that means, basically running an ad to people who have engaged with anything ever on your Instagram and they see an ad from you. So it's very controllable. You can see how much it costs to get a click and all that sort of stuff. You would assume if Instagram audiences were all they were cracked up to be that would be a pretty good audience right so um and and some of it was but she had one reel that she'd done recently that had had like accidentally gone viral right so this is when instagram had just launched reels um it had accidentally gone viral it had a couple hundred thousand views and most people would look at that and think this is it i'm on my road becoming james smith like this is like i'm I'm about to make it this is this is going to happen when we retargeted that audience nothing Right. So, and so it brings up the question why, like, yes, following is a number, likes are a number, comments are a number, social media, anything on social media, people look at the numbers and think it means something. But you've got to consider why are the people following you, commenting, liking, what are they doing that for? And as you said, Alex, it's like if they just think you're attractive, that's great in a way. (laughs) But like, also, it means nothing, right? Versus if someone, clicks on an ad or opts in what is why are they doing that they're not doing that because they thought the color that you used on the image was just so enticing and they just needed to click on it and they just needed they may, to- have, they may have stopped scrolling because of that possibly but, yeah. but the actual click itself and no i think that's that's really important when we talk about all these methods for growth is like figuring out what trying to figure out because you can only you can only really guess gen- generally mm-hmm. like you can never be certain why someone did the thing they did. (laughs) Like you can really get into it about, Oh, what's their like psychology? What's the societal back? But you know, beyond all that, you can't be sure why someone followed you, but you've got, you've got to guess. Otherwise you just, you know, you've got to have a reasonable decision and, you know, surmising that someone clicking on an ad is probably a more reliable signal of interest of working with you than someone following you on social media is a fairly robust hypothesis. Yeah, yeah. Well, because as you say, like, why why else would they click on the ad? There's not really anything in them in it for them unless they they're basically saying like, oh yeah, this looks interesting. Like raising their hand, saying they've got the problem that you're kind of professing to help with. So, in terms of exactly, unless your ad copy was like, you know hot g- girls in your area click here yeah. try, to, try to sell some like high sense. at this point if anybody gets anything like that approved on facebook then <laughs> that is wizardry to be honest you can't even say fat loss without just account banned everything <laughs> 
but yeah, so in terms of uh, so social media to scale a business, is it a good idea or not? Um, I, I think once you have a sales funnel set up that you can run with advertising and you know that if you just keep kind of investing the money into the business, literally, so you spend you spend £1,000 on ads and you might make £1,000 back on day one, which seems terrible, or it seems like all right, especially when you take into account fees. You might even... How do we grow? If how just how that work? But if, if that's 10 people paying £100 and eight of them pay £100 a month too or something like that, and six of them stay for six months, pretty good decision, right? Especially when you consider that there's probably 500 email addresses now in your email software that didn't buy yet but might buy later. Those 500 people or those whatever it is, 490 people who didn't buy, pretty good stuff to introduce those people to might be your Instagram, for example. Like why? Well, they've said they've got the problem. They've said they're interested in what it is that you're doing. They've said that they they quite like what you're doing, but they're just a bit unsure. Like, is this person even real? Oh, well, come see what I do on social media. Like, come see yourself messing around and see us not taken seriously at all, right? So that... It's a, It's really, that's how you make the most from a platform like that. Excuse me, it's not, not thinking, well, I need lots of people to follow me for it to work. It's more a, a, a window into your world in a way. So a podcast like this, maybe this podcast automatically by searching for it, but maybe you're on our email list or you followed us, you've seen a webinar, you saw a YouTube ad, a Facebook ad, whatever, and you're like, oh, I'll search for these guys. Right, so that's those are basically the, the those are the two different paths that you could go down when it comes to growing. One of them is I'm going to rely on this system that I've created. The other one is I'm going to try and drive this and grow this by playing the social media game. And one of them's I guess harder upfront, as you said, like doing the stuff we've spoken about, building the 14 day challenge, getting that to the point of it convert, converting consistently, is hard. Like it's not yeah. obviously it's not as easy as like messing around on Canva, right? It's it's tricky. However, getting it to work opens up lots of other opportunities. M- most importantly, it opens up the opportunity that in a year's time, you'll still be doing this. Yeah. Well, that's, so that's the answer. That's the answer. Uh, no, like so, basically, do it backwards. If the goal is growing, then firstly you should know why you're not growing. Right? There'll be one number that's out of whack. And if it's just like, oh, I'm not posting on social media enough, like, is that really the reason? Pro- probably not. It's probably that you aren't, you're not confident enough in your sales process to use ads instead, right? So figure out what the problem is. And then if you do have a sales process that converts, which you should, if you're taking this seriously, then why are you not investing into it? And that's kind of the, the second second problem. So that's how I would approach it personally. Um, and if you want to have presences on these different social media channels, start with one use it in the way that I just described as like the reverse. So once someone's opted in, they're thinking about it, maybe I'm going to post on Twitter a lot and I'm going to build a bit of a following on Twitter. And it's just going to be a way that I interact with people who buy, who, who aren't yet ready to buy from me or you pick something else, but trying to do all of them, which we are, we experience all the time takes a lot, right? There's three of us doing this and we find it difficult. So if you're doing it on your own, it's going to be close to impossible. Yeah. Uh, we'll be back with some more episodes about growing your online fitness business very soon well by now they should just have a business that's growing 
What else do you need? What else do you need? But yeah, we'll be we'll be back with more more installments in the in the growth uh, series. Hopefully, this was helpful. So speak soon. See ya. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.